McDiving is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 177 of Comic Timing, a comics podcast voted to the average comic book fan from the average comic book fan. Jordan has Brent Casino, rotating panel of guests, and myself, Ian Levison, discuss whatever comes to mind, time after time. Here on Comic Timing, this rated R movie came out. This rated R superhero movie came out. It's called Deadpool. Don't know if you heard of it. But yeah, did really well, so we're going to talk about it. Here now, Comic Timing. Hey there, folks. My name's Ian Levisine, and welcome to episode 177 of Comic Timing. And uh, we're back here for our February episode. And the probably still giddy that Azrael is going to be on Gotham, Brent Casino, joins us yet again. Brent, what's going how on? Awesome, how awesome was that costume? <laughs> it, w- it did look pretty badass, man. <laughs> and did, did you see the, uh, the new 52 version? No, I didn't. It's on that link that you that you posted. Oh, okay. That you posted to my wall that picture of the guy is the new. It's the new Fifty Two version. He premiered in Batman and Robin Eternal. Okay, cool. A couple weeks ago. Is it is it the same like character or is it uh, somebody else? Uh, Gene Paul Valley. Uh-huh. He's still mind or brainwashed by uh, the Order of Saint Dumas, except now they're te- like weird technologically advanced cult kind okay. of thing. So he's got a bunch of advanced technology into his suit and brainwashing and stuff like that. Sounds very new 52 to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but it's uh, going to be reborn. Ooh. And, and joining us uh, in, in this episode for the first time since uh, the Super Show recordings <laughs> of long ago, Mr. Long S- ago. Mr. Steve Katz. Steve, what's going How's on? How's it going, everybody? I'm good. How's everybody doing out there? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. Uh, so uh, you'll you'll be the uh, the lone dissenting voice on this episode, similar to Brent in Man of Steel, but the, probably yeah. not as angry of a response back and forth here. I just wanted to make sure we at least had some variety in the episode itself. <gasps> I am perfectly okay with playing playing the role of Killjoy, so <laughs> I can handle this if necessary. Very cool. Very cool. But yeah, the, the, yet again, this episode, we're talking about Deadpool, the uh, movie, not the comic book written by some janitor and drawn by Rob Liefeld. Uh, <laughs> however, we might wind up talking a little bit about that too in the episode if we get into it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rob, oh, Rob, you're so good at putting your foot in your mouth. You really are. Uh, but uh, before we get into all that, as usual, we're sponsored by DCBS Discount Comic Book Service at DCBService.com, where you can get discounts, discounts, discounts on all your books. Usually 50% off of Marvel and DC hardcovers and trades, 40% off of Marvel, DC, Image, and Dark Horse single issues. Plus, if you go through their Comixology storefront to buy your digital copies, you will save further on your physical copies. Isn't that special? DCBService.com. Go ahead and check them out. Uh, all and bundles. So many bundles. Oh, the bundles. Oh, the 50% off bundles. You're saving so much. So, so much. DCBService.com. So yeah, Deadpool happened. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with uh, with you, Brent, uh, because uh, you saw it. I think the same day I did, right? You saw it Saturday. I did see it Saturday. Okay. First off, before you say whether you liked it or not, how many kids were in the theater? You know, I don't know. I know there were a few, but I do recall hearing as we left, we were me and Amanda were walking in front of a mom and dad, and the mom and dad were kind of jokefully jokey saying to each other, but kind of not joking too. I think they were a little like, whoa. Um, but they're like, you're a horrible father. Why did you let your kids come to this movie? You're a horrible mother. Didn't you check the rating and see what all this was about? But there was, you could tell there was like some sarcasm in their voice. Like, yeah. cause it was just like, well, what's happened's happened, you know, but 
there were there were a few, and the, these kids were like seven or eight, nine. Yeah. So not quite thirteen <laughs> at all. You like know? eleven, eleven, you could probably manage it. Eleven or twelve, you could probably get away with it. Eight or nine, not good, not good, especially yeah. for hard R. But it's See, it, I, also I, at the same time, it's like how much online multiplayer have kids played now? Because I'm sure <laughs> they've heard and you know worse things than anything that was said in this movie uh, uh, via Xbox Live or PlayStation or whatever. Exactly. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I, I would personally prefer uh, eight or nine to uh, last October when I went to see Sicario in the theater and somebody brought their infant. That was a lot of fun. Because when know, you think about movies that are good for infants, you think about a movie well, that people constantly infants, shoot AK-47s at each other. As one who's had an infant, infants are supposed to sleep most of the time. So, yeah, I but actually they don't. Tell you, if you want tons to... of explosions. Well, that's a different thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. all about choices. Exactly. It's all about choices. <laughs> Some choices involve the well-being of other people in the theater. But uh... <laughs> all, all I'll say is, as long as you're willing to immediately walk the hell out of the theater if your yep. if your kid is crying, yeah, that's fine. If you yeah. try to stick it stick it out, I hate you. <laughs> we uh we took Olivia to see the Minions movie when it came out and she was probably 8 or 9 months mm-hmm. and uh she sat through the first like 30, you know, uh 30 minutes pretty still in her, in her stroller watching and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then after that she just wanted to walk around and move and so uh, Amanda was uh walking around with her for quite a while during that movie. Yeah. Well, uh, the the other thing I'll bring up uh, related to that uh, before we get into the bulk of it is I, I went to see the best animated shorts for uh, the the Academy Awards for this season. Ah, so you've seen World of Tomorrow? Uh, yes, I have. One of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Oh my god! No, it's only sixteen minutes long. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's totally gonna lose to the Pixar, and I'm gonna be sad. Ah, uh, but that's that's time for another day. It's, it's stick figures, but it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we we saw all those and the package that they put it in is one of the shorts that's nominated this year is kind of x-rated like there, there's there's boobs and penis and the whole <laughs> spiel uh in it and the it's available on the internet uh, i believe probably yeah i mean if, if you search What's it if called you, if, uh, i know they're putting it on at some point before i think it's going to be available to like rent on like vimeo or something before the before the ceremony actually happens but yeah I'll, I'll look up the name of it, Brent. But uh, but you yeah, know the uh, th- this the way that they worked it is they they put like the first three or four of the you know actual nominees for the best animated, and the way they they do this package is they usually do, uh, and that's what she said. Uh, but uh, the way that they that they do it is they they put the you know honorable mentions in there as yeah. well. So they they put a warning up on the screen saying that the the last uh, clip in this may not be suitable for children, and you may just want to take your kid and run the hell out of here before it's oh, on. May not yeah. be suitable. Yeah, exactly. Perhaps. They want to cover all their bases. Uh, so so they showed all of the uh, you know the honorable mentions, and then they showed this one last one uh, that is absolutely artsy fartsy, and was just thrown in there because you know old people vote for this. But uh, yeah, there there was plenty of Wang, and uh, and it was it was. Oh, it was maybe good I don't times. want to watch this one. <laughs> it's animated Wang though, so so you get to watch it. Uh, you know, flop in the breeze. It's, it's oh, because that's so much better. Oh yeah, it, there's like three hundred. Just like watching lots of animated Wang. <laughs> exactly. There's there, 300- were, there were some animated Wang in Deadpool too. That's true. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, well let's yeah, true. Talk talk about what you thought about it, Brent. Um, you know, I'm not a Deadpool guy at all. 
I, I mean, I, I think that as much as I've read, I have read not the Remender run, the post, the beginning of the Marvel Marvel Now, Posehn and Dugan run mm-hmm. with Tony Moore when Tony Moore still only does six issues and then leaves. Sure. So I enjoy it. So I'm certainly not the the hardcore fan base or anything like any you know other people. But I know who the character is, and I'm willing to support a movie to try and get different kinds of superhero movies out. And you know what? This one was really, really entertaining and good. And I was kind of going into it, you know, I knew I would probably like it, but I wasn't sure about Amanda. So before we were going, I was like, yeah, you've seen the trailers, right? Like, you you're, you know what we're getting into? Like, he's, he's, he's really violent. He's really vulgar. Like, this is not your typical thing. And she's like, honey. I love Anchorman and Will Ferrell and vulgar humor. <laughs> I know I'm going to be okay. I'm right. like, all right, never mind. Okay. And sh- she absolutely loved it. Good. So uh, we had a good time. I, I thought it's a, f- it's a fun movie. It's not the best well-structured. I mean, uh, the effects aren't the best you've ever seen, but the sh- uh, the jokes are funny. You know, enough. there's enough going by that enough lands to make to keep you laughing. And there wasn't really any time that I was like, man, I wish we would go back to something else. <laughs> So it it kept me, you know, everything that was going on in the movie kept me paying attention and not wishing that we were doing the scene before or they would move on to the next thing. So that's that's it's a good thing for a movie to do that. Cool. The, the animated short, by the way, that I'm thinking of is called, it's called Prologue. So it's it, it and it's and it's 300 style, you know, violence plus you know a whole bunch of nakedness. So yeah. Oh yeah, I think I heard about that. Yeah. At some point, like like I think when the like sort of shortlist came out before the nominees. Yeah, I, I, I spent uh, way too much time reading about the Oscars. Don't mind me. <laughs> it's way, it, it, way too way too artsy and fartsy for my taste, Steve. But uh, what oh, I'd probably like it then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, what, what, then let's 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 go to your opinion on uh, on Deadpool uh, talking about sure. artsy and fartsy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which would you think? Well, uh, I think I'll start by telling the story about how I came to see it, which was I was going to go Saturday and then there was a soccer game in the morning because I watch English soccer because I'm one of those people. Uh, So instead, I was like, okay, I'll go Sunday morning. uh, And then this involved as I'm assuming it was as cold in New York as it was in Boston this past weekend. Oh, yeah. And I left a little earlier because the the Boston transit system, I don't know if you've heard, can be a tad unreliable. No, never have. Never have. No, no. Anything on earth happens. Um, <laughs> and I uh, ended up spending about 25 minutes waiting outside in negative 20 degree wind chill for a train that never showed up. Christ. So that led to me waiting until Monday. So I saw it Monday morning. Mm-hmm. I think I saw two children uh, over the course of the uh, the the screening. Not but, um, you know, everybody was pretty well behaved. There were no issues from that because, you know, pretty much everybody in the theater except me liked it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were very, you know, in, engrossed. I, I, I definitely agree that it is a fun movie. Um, I agree that it looks like everybody on that screen is having a blast, yeah. which is something that you can appreciate even if you don't necessarily uh, sort of get on board the entire concept. My main kind of issue is I was disappointed that uh, this movie that was kind of uh, positioning itself as almost this sort of postmodern take on superheroes that was you know, sort of uh, taking him down a peg was um, itself a a fairly generic superhero movie that just had this kind of jokester at the center of it. Um, I just thought that, you know, the, from a, like, as you know, Brandon said that the the story structure isn't much to write home about. And that's kind of what bothered me the most is just like, this was the most on the rails, like every single origin story you've ever seen in your life. So, I mean, that was kind of what took me out of it. 
and and I, there there definitely are redeeming aspects, but I just found myself kind of disappointed that they had the opportunity to do. I thought they could have done more with it, basically, um, from from that perspective of 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 doing more with Deadpool making fun of everything, mm-hmm. and, and it it felt like there were all these scenes of Deadpool making fun of everything and then doing the exact thing that he was making fun of. So it felt like it kind of un- undercut itself a bit. For me, that was kind of the point, and, <laughs> and, and I and I know that that you know that might not work for everybody, but that it was as cut and dry of a superhero story while still being absolutely aware of how cut and dry a superhero story it is, is what made this work for me. Um, the the humor was absolutely right where I wanted it to be, and. I mean, Ryan Reynolds completely stole the show. Uh, I mean, his 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 personality was completely on point. He, y- you could tell. I mean, exactly what you said, Steve. Like this is this is a role that he has been wanting to do for six years. I mean, the way he tells it now is that the studio essentially blackmailed him into being in X Men Origins Wolverine just so he could do a Deadpool movie. And, and we saw how that ended up. Yeah, exactly. Including <laughs> <laughs> in Deadpool with that uh, action figure. <laughs> yeah, which I, I'm glad that they at least made a reference to that horrible, horrible piece of shit. But yeah. yeah, that that he went through the torture of not even being able to fucking speak in the role of Deadpool to then make this movie. You could tell he really wanted to do it. And when that test footage came out back in 2004. It, it had everybody aghast, like, oh my god, this might actually work. And a lot of that test footage wound up in the movie. Uh, that, that that car scene uh, that starts off the movie where, you know, he jumps off the uh, the, the overpass and winds up taking out a whole bunch of goons, that is essentially that, that test piece that, that came out. Um, only, you know, a hell of a lot better CGI and, and you know, fully... Uh, you know, not just mo- not just animation, but actual you know live action with stunt people and all that. But they they pulled it off. It, for me, it just it felt like Deadpool in all the right ways. Yes, it was cut and dry. Yes, it was standard. But the amount of fourth wall breaking they put in there was just enough to make it unique for me. Plus, the best Colossus we've seen on screen so far. I, yes, the best X Men we've seen on screen so far. Yeah, I would I would say but, the best Colossus from a from a character perspective, not necessarily from a, a look perspective. Well, well yeah, I, you know, like that was I think that was well, the no, one they, case they, where you could see the budget. They well, okay, so the CGI wasn't great, but from a yeah. character design oh, yeah, standpoint, like, he was the best Colossus they've ever had. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that he they had basically the ribbing on like, it and stuff. Yeah, he had the flat top, you know, that was metal. Well, I right. appreciated that you know from a from a character sort of uh, from a script design perspective that they basically uh, were like, okay, we need Colossus. We are going to write him like he is Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. <laughs> and I think that was just like, yeah, that's that that's what I think of when I think of Colossus. Yeah, so. the only thing he didn't yeah. do was at some point scream out Ilyana. Then it would have been absolutely the Colossus that I wanted. Yeah, yeah, I I really you know I think going on to your point how you didn't like it was an origin story you know. That, but that was the cliche that like this was turning on its head a little bit, you know. It had to be. I, th- I feel like it had to be familiar enough for every everybody that went to see the movie, and a lot of people went to see this movie this past weekend. Um, just enough that they would be in on the humor too, because mm-hmm. if it if they weren't in on the humor, they might have been lo- lost something, and it wouldn't have had as good a word of mouth as it did. Um, so I, I think the familiar origin story story structure 
um, you know, they were able to to leverage that to bring in more people for people to enjoy it uh, instead of doing something that was totally off the wall and bizarre, which is probably going to be the sequel. So don't worry. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, uh, a movie like Guardians, I think, proved that you could go pretty off the wall and still make it work. Granted, Guardians did not make as much money as Deadpool did. So sure. you know, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like, I. I I, I I do believe that it is possible to make that work from my perspective. I don't think it did mm-hmm. uh, in part because I thought that a lot of the supporting characters outside of uh, Colossus weren't particularly well fleshed out at all. Um, so it really felt like Ryan Reynolds had this character and then everybody else was kind of this cipher to, to create the story through him. Like, it's, like I think Miranda Baccarin is doing a good job with a completely thankless part. That's yes. just nothing to it. See, see for, for She's me... She's the same way on Gotham. She's the saving grace of Gotham oh, this season, I feel like. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I was getting tired of Gotham, and then they, they introduced her, and I'm, I'm loving Gotham the more and more she's in it, mm-hmm. just for her. Yeah, it's just like, I, I, you know, I'm one of those people who spends too much time thinking about story <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it was just like so she just exists to like be a prostitute but never actually be a prostitute just being told she just tells everybody she's a prostitute and then she just you know exists to please deadpool in every certain single scene i'm just like yeah i wish i could get and then like the second that uh he moves away from her she just kind of ceases to exist unless he's around so yeah I you know, like I and I thought that was the case with a lot of the supporting cast, like TJ Miller's Weasel uh, didn't really do much. Like he just kind of showed up to do those like another riff on the, you know, how I know you're gay idea. That's kind of kind of played out for me at this point. You listen to Coldplay. Uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, like, you know, that was those things where it just like, you know, I, I it seemed like they put like. 95% of their of their kind of energy into Deadpool and like 3% into Colossus and like 2% into everybody else. Well, let me, yeah, but the movie is called Deadpool? <laughs> oh, I get that. I get that. But I mean, let, let, that, let me, that the other characters aren't worthy of time and interest and, in, you know, for, for, for someone who's looking for kind of a more like kind of an overall experience beyond that that's the type of thing that tends to take me out of movies. Well, when the I, most Deadpool comics are all about Deadpool, so I, <laughs> I feel like they hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I, I hear your arguments from an overall film movie standpoint. I think they're valid on any other film except this one called Deadpool. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I, like, just well, my one opinion. Of things, one of the things that I've always uh, done as a movie viewer is I don't really take into account anything from outside the movie when I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, like, you know, I read uh, probably the second half of Cable versus Deadpool, or Cable and Deadpool, I should say. Yeah. And a good amount of, like, the Daniel Way stuff and, and like, you know, when he showed up in, like, Marvel Zombies, all that stuff. Um, so I'm definitely, you know, I know the character. But my the way that I watch any movie, regardless of kind of my interest in it, is to kind of leave all of my external expectations at the door and just kind of watch it as a movie in itself, which can get you in trouble with something like this. Cause I do agree that they nailed the character of Deadpool, but I don't necessarily agree that the story they told with Deadpool was all that interesting. Let me, let me add to that. Uh, one, one of the problems with making this movie is that uh, it's, it's been widely reported all over the internet now that pretty much right before they started making the movie, Fox was like, yeah, you know that budget that you were gonna have? Uh, yeah, let's let's get let's get rid of like half of it. Yeah, and th- and then they left them with what they had, and and I feel like, and you know, it's also been documented on a whole bunch of scenes that had to be cut, is that a lot of the character building wound up on the cutting room floor 
for sure. the side characters because they couldn't work with it uh, the way that they that they could have done had they actually you know believed in this in this property, which kind of amazes me that we were able to get what we did out of the Deadpool movie. You know, well, the thing that the thing that amazes me is. Like and 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 fair play to Fox for this, but I was not expecting the marketing push that they gave this movie because mm-hmm. it was this kind of we're going to release it the first like the second weekend of February, which is sort of a, a historic cinematic dumping ground. Oh yeah, you know nothing ever does well in February, and um and and they had slashed the budget and you know it was just kind of this like let's let Ryan Reynolds do this so he stops bothering us. But then they they put you know I don't know if Ryan Reynolds hired the marketing guy and. Like, <laughs> But whoever they got to market that movie has done a wonderful job. Um, so it's it's a fair play to them that they that they put the muscle behind it that they did. Yeah. I think they have learned from what you know Marvel Disney has proven since since Avengers that like if you market this movie even if it's not you know even if it might not necessarily have the legs you'll at least pop a, 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 a an opening weekend. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I mean this one. I mean, it, it, this one popped a hell of an opening weekend. You, like, you're I was, damn right, I was it did. <laughs> so confused. <laughs> well, yeah, that it did over 150 million in its first weekend. If you if you count in if you count uh, the Monday, days, yeah, yeah. Um, in February, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. In, in February. That, well, like, that, I haven't been this this confused since I remember. I guess I mean it was only last year when American Sniper came out the first weekend of January and uh, did like 94 million. Oh, I was like. God. What? Uh, like I was so confused. It just it didn't make any sense. Uh, that was that was the one movie I didn't want to see in the Best Picture Showcase last year, and I grinned and bared it, and I got I got through it, and it just barely. I like that movie. Ugh. The okay. You, what, hold, really on, hold on. Hold on. Just stop talking after that. No. Yeah. The the, the actors the actors are fine. The story sucked. But no. Uh. What what I what I needed to point out, Brent, is okay. You want to talk about bad special effects? The worst <laughs> the baby, baby yeah, alive yeah, yeah. baby yeah, yeah. that's ever existed in a movie. I mean, holy shit. Shit. You know what? I started paying attention to more and more babies on screen. There's a lot of them like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Clint doesn't like doing reshoots, so you know you do it once and you got it, and he moves on. He's old. It's a whole thing. Apparently, he must apparently, die like any second. He's like ninety something. <laughs> apparently, the story behind that too is that they couldn't get the baby back for for reshoots. Yeah. So they wound up having to just go with this horrible baby alive doll, and it's just it's just so apparent, so bad, so bad. I'm actually I'm actually surprised now I think about it that there was not a fake baby in Deadpool. <laughs> That actually seems like the type of thing they would have done. Yeah, like actually just intentionally have it be yeah. like and like, you know, he winks at the camera and moves on and like, you know, they make some allusion to Bradley Cooper. Hey, my, my my favorite callback, I mean not fa- well, not quite a callback, but my favorite like I am aware of the situation is is hey, isn't it weird that this place is as big as it is and yet all I see are the are these two X-Men? It's 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 almost yeah. like it's yeah. almost like we couldn't afford to have any other X-Men in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, yeah. I think if I had enjoyed the movie up until then, I would have enjoyed that part more. But that was just like, oh yeah, I see what you're doing here. Oh, did did anybody else keep noticing that the X mansion was uh, Lex Luthor's mansion from Smallville and or Oliver Queen's mansion in the first season of Arrow? <laughs> oh shit! Because they shot in Vancouver, <laughs> and I guess that's the only not mansion that. looking. It's the only mansion looking house in Vancouver or some shit. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> as soon as they brought it up because like I re- I've seen every episode of Smallville I watched all the seasons I was like fuck it's Lex Luthor's, ma- Lex Luthor's mansion and I was like wait a minute that was also Arrow's mansion they couldn't have even just season. gotten stock footage from you know uh, Age of Apocalypse and just reused oh, the mansion in that I know <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, I know that they rolled with whatever they could with this one. But uh, oh, oh, by the way, though, the the best X suit in any of the movies so far, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah, I, I'm so curious why why they're able to do this and they're able to do Colossus so well, uh-huh. and yet they still let Singer do whatever his like. And all of the X Men Apocalypse trailers have just looked so boring. It's it's because nobody cared. Yeah, because the second that people care, then the studio pays attention. Right, and then and then X three happens. All all of their suits looking still look exactly the same. Like we're still in right, the black leather right, thing. They were, I was like, what the hell happened to first friends. class? I thought first class did a great job. Psylocke suit, in her Psylocke suit. You know that's that's something. That's oh, Storm. they threw you a fucking bone. Storms Storms got her metal hair. That's that oh hair. hair. Storm finally has a haircut. We can all like. I know. You you mean that? What? I mean, sure, Oscar Isaac kind of looks like a uh, uh, Ivan like, Ooze. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even look like Oscar Isaac that much. He, he looks like. Uh, I hope he doesn't if he's playing Apocalypse. It would be very strange if no, Apocalypse but he's had not Oscar like. Face. <laughs> doesn't look anything like what I expect Oscar Isaac to look like. Well, well wait, know. no, he looks like. Uh, damn it, I, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. But uh, the uh, the red guy from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, Rita's husband. Uh, yeah, take me back to a Mr. Long. Zed. Thank you, Zed. Yeah, yeah. He looks he looks a little bit like Zed, only only not red. Yeah, the funny thing about, he can't be Zed. <laughs> the funny thing about Oscar Isaac is I remember when when Star Wars was coming out, uh, I, there was a part of me deep down that was kind of hoping that Poe Dameron would not live through it, just because I wanted Oscar Isaac to keep in, like indie movies. <laughs> <laughs> because like we saw what happened with when Andrew Garfield got uh, got the Spider Man gig is mm-hmm. there's a five year gap in his IMDb page that consists of two crappy amazing spider-man movies right and literally nothing else yeah hey secretariat no other movies to, called toby toby mcguire uh, i'm talking about the the second one andrew garfield yeah um literally oh. only made two movies for five years which were two bad spider-man movies yeah and in the background it was just like maybe they can kill oscar isaac and everything will be okay and then i heard that they were supposed to and i was just like oh come on well, <laughs> but he's good i'm not worried about it it's just funny that like when when people do that and, and there's a part of me and it's just like i hope they still have time to do movies like Ex Machina and not spend like four years making three Star Wars movies and nothing else. He's probably going to have a little bit of time because I mean there is going to be downtime in between, specifically I think episode eight and nine. Uh, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, so he'll have some time to get around. Plus, uh, if there's one thing that at least Disney- I don't think Apocalypse is living through Age of Apocalypse. To be fair, so I think that's a one and done situation. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, Disney's a little bit better about that than uh, than say uh, F- uh, Sony specifically. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh god, Sony. Ugh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, let's not get into the, to the Sony hacks or anything. So what, what, let's talk about some of the stuff we did like first, and then we can talk into a little bit more of you know stuff we might not have. Steve, I mean, since you have probably the the most negative opinion out of, out of everybody here, sure. what, were, what were some of your favorite moments of the movie? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, as I mentioned, uh, Colossus and Sam the Eagle, I think, was delightful. Yes, uh, just to sort of his his hand waving, and I think my single, I think the time that I probably laughed out loud the most was uh, the uh, Monty Python Black Knight riff when <laughs> when uh, Deadpool decided to take on Colossus yes. and not turn out okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that was i think a great bit of physical comedy and just oh, yeah. him just like moving his wrist around and like the sound design of the bones just like not being uh you know together um that i thought was great uh like i said i think that 
even though I didn't like Miranda Bacharin's character, I think she, she was, I think the chemistry between her and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds was excellent. I think it, you know, you could tell that they, that it wasn't one of those situations where people are getting a paycheck. Like they actually were interested in the roles. They have very compatible humor. Yes. Yes. And I think that I appreciated that we've reached the point in this sort of 16 year journey of comic book movies that it kind of needed to be taken down a peg. So I think this was good timing for that in that I was not a huge fan of either uh, Age of Ultron or Ant-Man. So I did kind of reach this point where I was just like, man, it's getting kind of dour. And then something like this that comes around, I was just like, yeah, look at all these idiots. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, some of them are idiots. So <laughs> I appreciate a lot of that. It just felt like it was very good timing um, in that like I could feel that I was kind of reaching this crest of, of comic book movies. It was just like, wow, this is getting... Like every time I look at those those images of just like here's all the movies coming out between now and 2021, I want to like jump off a bridge. Uh, <laughs> so. It's funny you mention Ant Man though. I mean, because yeah. uh, Ant Man and Deadpool do have some things in common uh, in yeah. in the humor department because I, I think it's very important that for certain characters you do not take them seriously. And that's that's what Ant-Man had going for it, and that's definitely what Deadpool had going for it. Because, yeah, Deadpool is the, the R-rated Bugs Bunny. Like, that's, that's the way you treat him, and that's the way you execute him on screen. Just like Ant-Man, the character's name is Ant-Man. <laughs> like, if you were to try to 100%... He's the Aquaman of the Marvel Universe. Exactly, yeah. If you were to Talks 100% to take... Congratulations. <laughs> if you were 100% take Ant-Man seriously, that would have been a tragedy. And mm-hmm. and that's that's they're on the right path with with that sort of stuff to try and I guess keep yeah. things uh, interesting in the superhero movie realm. Uh, as, yeah, as and we I go think forward. and I think I will I, in, in the future. I think I will enjoy Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool as a supporting character in other movies. Yeah, um, which I'm actually kind of worried that this did so well we're not even going to get that. Like, I'm, you know, they've talked about how they're going to do an X Force movie now, and I have a feeling that's going to be like Deadpool and his crazy friends. <laughs> um, where I think it would be, I like, I think a supporting character is about as much of that type of character I can take before it kind of drives me crazy. Like, I remember um, those Hulk versus movies that came out a long time ago. Yes. Like Hulk, Wolverine and hey, Wolverine, me, I shot you. <laughs> That's like the perfect amount of Deadpool for me. Like I, I, I think I, I can handle him more as a supporting character than I can as just like the star of the show where everything is quips. That like was, I need a break from that from time to time. That was my favorite Deadpool on screen up until this movie was was that yeah. Hulk versus just for, just for how perfectly they, they pulled him off. I think it was Ryan North doing his voice. Uh, Nolan North. Nolan North. Nolan North. Yeah. Nolan yeah. North. Thank you. Yeah. Brent, what, what were some of your favorites? I liked how they snuck in the, the helicarrier. Yes. They just never made any mention of it. And I was like, is that a helicarrier? That's a motherfucking helicarrier. And it was like, it wasn't quite what's in the Marvel Universe, but it was like close enough that I was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was crashed, um, so it's clearly a helicarrier. Yeah, yeah exactly. it was crashed, clearly a helicarrier. I just dug that kind of stuff, you know? Um, all the little nods and quips and things like that I thought was really, really cool. I love the the... The stupid old Wolverine X Men Origins figure on the bed that he flicks away. Yes, you know the, of course, all the jokes about don't make it green and animated. Uh. You know, all this stuff was in the trailers, but the things that you didn't see, and I really liked his interaction with Blind Al, the baby hand. Yes, going to feel really big this time. (laughs) 
<laughs> Blind Al was a, was one of my favorite uh, supporting characters of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, they they you know she wasn't in it much, but they utilized her to good Robin capacity as as he as he called her in the movie as well. Like, yeah, you know, she's sort of like my Robin, only old and blind. <laughs> Yeah, and I I really like the the sex montage between Vanessa and Wade. I I, I thought that uh, that that was actually executed really well. Like you know when they first meet and then seeing all the different positions that they're in and everything that was actually <laughs> kind of cool. Like and a good way to pass time uh, because you know you see them in like their Christmas gear and their Halloween gear and everything. And, like you can tell that that this relationship has been going on for a while because this is a movie. We can't sit there for twelve months because this is movie <laughs> so they, 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 they did a good job of moving that um i i really enjoyed the the fight scenes were executed as well as they could with the cgi that they ha- that they had available to them i mean I, I already mentioned that first scene off the overpass and everything that that was really good but the helicopter the helicarrier scene was great everything involving negasonic teenage warhead was my favorite <laughs> just because they made a character like Negasonic Teenage Warhead work, okay? This character was such a throwaway Morrison character in the comics. Didn't even have the same powers in the comics. And yet, I could give two shits. I want to see on-screen version of Negasonic Teenage Warhead again in an X-Men movie because, damn, that was fun. <laughs> just have like a little prissy, you know, Facebook tweeting teenager on there as, as the foil to to colossus in many ways uh and and then just having her kick some ass was was really cool so that that 100 worked for me as a as a supporting character other than colossus who was you know sad the eagle <laughs> yeah we should probably also mention the uh the the opening credits which i thought were cute yes uh and the, the replacement of the actual actors names with just the the generic understanding of what their role will be <laughs> Yeah, and the 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 writer uh, credits I think were some of my favorites. Over yeah, the writer, yeah. <laughs> produced by a bunch of assholes. Yeah, <laughs> written by the real heroes here. Yeah, <laughs> which is someone who tends to pay attention to writers the most. I, I enjoyed <laughs> the soundtrack to this movie too. Uh, for for the you know for the limited use of music they had, it yeah. it worked. <laughs> it, well, it's, uh, it was Junkie XL, who's the same guy who did like the Mad Max soundtrack. Okay, cool. And uh, a couple other ones this year, I think. I can't remember one off the top of my head. But yeah, he's. Uh, I think his real name is like Tom Hulkenberg or something incredibly Swedish. He's also doing <laughs> the half of the BVS stuff. I think he's doing the Batman version. Batman stuff for Batman v Superman while Hans Zimmer's still doing Superman. Brawr! I, I Hans Zuper, the the super the the score for Man of Steel I think is great. I I uh, love it's I a love wonderful it. score. Yeah, it's and it felt like a lot of things about that movie. It's yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> did I mention it's my favorite thing about the movie? All right, fine. <laughs> I'm not sure if you did. <laughs> Ian, what's your favorite thing about Man of Steel? The soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> and I, by the way, I am so looking forward to be the only person in, who enjoys Jesse Eisenberg in, in BBS. <laughs> I am 100 percent on board with what he is doing in that trailer. <laughs> Oh god, it's going to be the best. I hope it works. I mean, yeah. that's that's the best way I can put it, man. Like I I hope it works. I I have I have high hopes that I walk out of this movie being pleasantly surprised, 
even though there are already stories coming out saying that their executives worried, I hope that that's, that's not... a fucking smear campaign. I, I yeah, I know it is. It's, it's that's, very well could be. Yeah, they're fat for sticking the uh, the, yeah. the weed for this. You know, I don't know. They're they're, they're kind of skittish over there, guys. I don't know what's going on. Like, just let the fucking well, it would movie be come in, out. It would be interesting if they did that because they they seem to have so much, uh, like so much invested in Zack Snyder mm-hmm. that. If if they kind of burn bridges leading up to Batman versus Superman, where they go moving ahead would be interesting to see, uh, because you know so much of like you know the look of not just Batman but you know the Zack Snyder look is kind of a, across the entire DC universe now. If you look at how they designed Aquaman and sort of the dark, Suicide Squad, dark stuff. and gloomy, yeah, yeah, exactly. Lots of you know earthy browns and and no actual color. it'd be interesting to see man especially if they wind up changing the slate because i know that that was another rumor out there that that that, you know depending on how this goes they might push up a batman movie and have justice league uh, go a little further back but well i appreciate the one thing that the other thing that i think we have going for us on batman versus superman is when affleck read the script and was like no 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 and brought in his own writer because Chris Ter- he brought in Chris Terrio, who's the guy who wrote Argo, mm-hmm. uh, to basically rewrite everything David Goyer touched, which I think is a great start. So, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. I think I think Goyer is a good. He's a very good idea guy. I don't think he's a good execution guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm totally on board with story by David Goyer. I am less on board with screenplay by David Goyer. <laughs> oh, we all saw Blade Trinity. We know how that went. <laughs> oh God. Hey, Vampire Pomeranians and the best comedy of the year. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Let me let me bring up to uh, another one of my the supporting characters that really worked for me is uh, the cab driver. Uh, that that oh, he was fun, yeah. The AT and T guy, you know <laughs> that's that's what I know him as uh, more than anything. I didn't else. even recognize him from that. <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> the uh, that that guy who was uh, you know retrofitting the AT and T network all all across the uh, the country. I just I remember specifically that that one ad that he was in with a with a girl and it's like uh, you know some line about falling from heaven that uh, that that worked really well in the commercial. I just I remember that face and the now, funny thing is I, I spent the last year where pretty much the only live television I watched was soccer, which doesn't have commercials. Hmm. So that I've started watching other stuff. I'm like, so I'll I'll like comment on something on like Facebook or Twitter. I'm like, this commercial's great, and it's like something that's been playing nonstop for six months. That everybody's like, why are you talking about this now? And I'm like, sorry. It it also makes the most sense for Deadpool to have you know like Batman has a Batmobile. What does Deadpool have? A cab. A cab. <laughs> and I love that you know I, I I forget where I read this. It was I, I don't know if it was like some Reddit thread or something talking about how. Uh, they they hope that in the next Deadpool movie he has to spring the cab driver from jail because he has like a dead body and like three duffel bags full of guns in his cab. <laughs> he went out and murdered that girl too. <laughs> oh God! Kill her! <laughs> <laughs> I I and that was another great thing to learn after the fact. I'm glad I didn't know going into it about the budget being slashed <laughs> as much as it was because I find out that that act was supposed to have a giant gunfight scene and yeah. that's how they got around it was him yeah. leaving the damn guns in the cab and which the is cab something crashing. you do anyway yeah so it totally makes sense <laughs> getting together as many guns as he could possibly find and then fucking leaving him in the back of the cab that is so deadpool it hurts yeah <laughs> i liked uh bob Hydra Bob, but we can't call oh, yeah, Hydra Bob nice Bob. No, no, hey, it, Bob. Not not Hydra Bob. Just some just some Bob. Just some random Jacksonville Bob. Jacksonville TGI Fridays Bob. 
Hey, that made me really happy because that's that's my era of uh, of, of Deadpool right there. The, yeah. the, the Nicieza cable Deadpool, uh, other than Gail Simone's stuff, because I really still haven't read a lot about uh, of the of the Joe Kelly stuff, which I need to read more of. And quick aside, I'm glad that Nicieza got a credit in this. Mm-hmm. I'm even glad that that Lythel guy got a credit because you know he did create the character, even if he you know sucks. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Uh, and uh, I really wish that there was a thank you to Joe Kelly in there because yeah. he he helped craft the character as much as Nicieza did, and the guy who designed him. But <laughs> but you know uh, I I just I wish we we'd had some sort of nod to Joe Kelly in this one way or the other because a bunch you of characters a, even that were are, like are I know Joe I Kelly know we creators. didn't get. I know he didn't get uh, like an actual like character by credit, but was he in this? Like, was there a special thanks section that had him in there at all? Did did anybody see that? No, I was entirely paying attention. The, the at at the end it said special thanks with tongue, uh, Rob Liefeld and Fabian Nicieza <laughs> oh, okay. in, in the credits, and that those were yeah, the only right. creators they went out of the way to thank. Um, there was also a they Nisi- certainly thanked Stan Lee in this movie. Holy <laughs> cow. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, the guy who had nothing he to do with Deadpool's creation. That <laughs> and let, let's all focus on the fact, and I, I know that it, that most of it is because of filming locations, but that Stan Lee did not have a cameo in Fat Forstick, did not have a cameo in the last two X Men movies, or or the Wolverine, and yet he shows up in Deadpool. Yeah, he's becoming like the ultimate arbiter of, of quality. Yeah, like I deem myself interested to come to this movie set for fifteen minutes. What, what, well, I, I think it's it says something about the creators behind the movie, the director and stuff. If they deem a, a Stanley cameo necessary, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, if they do, then they they know about the tradition and the history and the importance of seeing Stanley to the audience. I think that's. You know, that's one of the things where people look at these. There have been, you know, what, 20 Marvel movies by now that he's yeah. had a cameo in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an, there's certainly enough that people know who he is. They look for him when they go see a Marvel movie. And they expect him to be there, whether or not he had anything to do with the character or not. Yeah, he's Larry King. No, he's Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was, I think, the one cameo where I was like, this is too much of a mental image for me to handle. <laughs> What? What? Come on, come on, man! Oh no, I think this one was quite more of a mental image. In the beautiful starburst, yeah. Excelsior, ladies and gentlemen, Clayby's wife. All right, fine. Uh, Why wasn't super named Excelsior? That's a good point. Yeah. Now coming to the stage, Excelsior. That would have been perfect. That would have been fantastic. Or at least have that be the name of the club. Yeah, the Excelsior yeah. Club. <laughs> Oh man, but but yeah, that 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 was that was great for me. Yeah, we can we can go over some some stuff that could have been better. Uh, Brent, uh, what what uh, would you like to see improved, or perhaps didn't um, quite mesh with you? I I feel like the the budget, I guess, whatever limitations they had to yeah. to work around the story. I feel I felt like they made the story work around what they did have limitations. Um, I would just would like to see less of those limitations. Yeah, a much, make, a, a make much, fun much of better more, CGI on, on Colossus for one. More, make fun of more X Men characters. You know, mm-hmm. I think Kelsey Grammer Beast would be a great <laughs> guy to for Deadpool to play off yes, of. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, they both got a little bit of that comedic timing, but Kelsey Grammer could be doing something a little differently. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy seeing Deadpool interact with Michael Fassbender, uh, Magneto too. 
Just for the like yes. that that undeniable disdain that I think Michael Fassbender does so excellently whenever he's playing Magneto. Just like, why am I even here? <laughs> it's such a perfect sense for like some clown in a red suit just dancing around him. Yeah, I, I I'd even like to see uh, Kitty Pride. I think Kitty Pride would be it would be fun to bounce off of. You know? Yeah, because you have um, Ellen Page doing it. So yep. yeah, exactly. He's got a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's, there's a whole bunch that they could bring in. I mean, I mean, him and Cyclops have had good quips uh, back in the day. You could even bring in Spider Man. Wait, sorry, you can't do that. Um, so, although they did have a uh, at least a shout out, uh, there was a Parker Drive uh, while he was on the uh, on the highway. That's as close to a cameo from Spider Man you're gonna get yeah. in a Deadpool movie. I, ju- I just want them yeah. them to use. I, I think I would like them to use the the bigger Marvel universe in subver- subversive ways as much as they did this one with the helicarrier, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like have, yeah, they, have, have they like, definitely have to like toe a line before, you know, cause Disney has a couple lawyers, I think in their employee. So they definitely have to be very careful with what they do when it comes to, you know, uh, the, the, the trading into the, the MCU side of things. Hey, but, uh, you know, I fully expect them to just continue to just eviscerate the X-Men moving forward. I highly look forward to them driving down the street in, in, you know, Deadpool two. And you see a sign that says, you know, that would say Stark if the T wasn't lit, you know, mm-hmm. like, like ha- have him drive by like a Stark enterprises or something like that, or Stark industries, <laughs> That'd be that'd be yeah. that'd be a nice way to nod there to what they can and cannot do. And plus, there's there's more X Men stuff that they could bring in that hasn't even been in the X Men movies yet. You know, like, yeah. like there's so much more that can be. Which to bring up the the end credits uh, <laughs> after credits scene. You know, the the the, uh, the nod to Ferris Bueller Day Off uh, and and mentioning that Cable is going to be in the sequel. Yeah. Um, As played by Keira Knightley. <laughs> it took like, I think it took 20 seconds for a, uh, a a Photoshop of that to show up on the internet. Yeah. yeah. Probably well, I mean, if, you, if you saw her in Domino, she could certainly be a funny yeah, cable. Yes, Domino. Thank you. Yeah, man. I mean, if they do wind up doing an X-Force movie, obviously Domino's going to be in that. But it'd be cool to have have Domino show up. Uh, she was also no, with- uh, no, Keira Knightley was in this movie called Domino where she was basically yeah. like a female cable. Oh, okay. So sh- why can't she just play Domino? Oh, that could, that, I don't know. Whatever. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> then, then they could just make more jokes about her being replaying Domino. Like, oh, I feel, I feel this role feels still familiar to you, or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, who I saw as a suggestion for Cable. Fourteen people that... who saw Domino when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what suggestions? Uh, um, the. Uh, of course, people were like Stephen Lang because he's campaigning for it. Yeah, the same way Tyrese is campaigning for John Stewart. I saw Kevin. Somebody Nash. brought up John Hamm. Huh. I saw and that. I was like, huh, that that would be an interesting choice. Well, John Hamm for certainly sure. has the humor for it. I mean, that, yeah, that- he does. He could certainly play the straight man. I mean, he's done that for years. I just wonder if he would be up for playing the straight man, you know, as much again, mm-hmm. even yeah, though he could still crack a smile and, and quit back. Yeah, basically from the second that Mad Men ended, ended, he's just been like hanging out in L.A. with like alternative comedians doing podcasts. So I want <laughs> just trying to like get that out of his system before he returns to the world of like drama again. Well, I mean, I, I think mean, the only the only problem with that scenario is that John Hamm has never really like worked out. So mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, you know, physicality and physically, he's he's very tall. He's very imposing. But whenever on Mad Men, he took his shirt off, he's like. I mean, I'm not, I'm not into that. But I was like, man, what a disappointment! 
hey, hey, man. To be fair, he looked like a dude from the 50s. Yeah, I know, but like, I mean, there weren't a bunch of like bodybuilders, like you know, like it wasn't all Hulk Hogan people when they back in. Like, I understand that, but you know, there's, hey, it's a little bit of a fantasy too. Hey, Brent, yeah. remember, so remember that? You have to do a lot of work. Remember that fat guy from Parks and Rec? Whatever happened to him? Yeah, I don't know what happened to him either. Yeah, exactly. Work out. That's all he needs to do, and then and John Hamm. I mean, would be if perfect. Christian Bale can add and shed eighty pounds in two weeks for whatever movie he's working, I'm sure. Ham can bulk up a little bit oh, yeah. if he really wants to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he can like afford. Or they can just make it CG. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of some other things that, that didn't quite work for me. I mean, I would have liked to have seen some some more development of uh, of you know Miranda Bachran's, uh, uh Vanessa. I mean, even though I did like the interaction between her and Ryan Reynolds, uh, I will definitely. I totally agree with you, Steve. Is that 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 was underutilized? You know that that, yeah. there, that there could have been more. Of a of a building of of the supporting cast, uh, Weasel uh, included in there, and there's other characters that I know were cut from the movie that are typical Deadpool lore that you could have more of. Uh, in, yeah, in and the like the, the the villain, I think, was just there was nothing to that character at all. It Wait, was you mean you, know, you mean Francis? What, you, what, what Fran- France? Yeah, yeah. Well, like you know, like. One of the things that, from my perspective, like slightly backfired about the opening credits is they explained about all these people in like generic terms, and then the characters were super generic. So it was just like, yes, this is a self fulfilling prophecy. Exactly like, like I sh- like I told you, Steve. For me, that's why it works so well. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> like they were not pulling their punches here. They knew yeah. what they were executing. I know it's not going to work for everybody. But that was totally my bag in this. Like, it's just like there was there was just nothing to that villain though. He was just like some random British dude who was just like, and like his powers were weird and that he didn't feel pain, but he had also seemed like he had a healing factor. Super even strength too, and super strength, and he was just like, it was very strange. Well, on the bright I side, thought he was, I thought he was James Badge Dale for like the entire movie until he wasn't. <laughs> on, on, on the bright side, uh, immediately after the movie was released, somebody put up a an Ajax uh, with uh, duct tape over it and the word Francis. <laughs> <laughs> he was the first Dario Naharis from well, Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, I that one, yeah. yeah, the the one that. He, but he got too big for his britches because he thought he could be a movie star, and now he is. So yeah. I guess okay. Yeah, sort of. He's sort of a movie star. Transporter. He did the Transporter relaunch, if you count that at all. And that worked so well, didn't it? I didn't watch it. Nobody he watched it. to be like the, you know, when you can't afford uh, Jason Statham. <laughs> like the other bald British dude that you can hire. So he's got that going for him. <laughs> when Jason Statham is too bored to do your movie, call me. Yeah, He's right. too busy turning into a comedian by being in Spy. <laughs> I've still not seen Spy. I, I need to Spy see. is oh, fantastic. So good. Totally Spy. Spy. Good. good. Spy's great. I'll wind up. I'll wind up renting it from Amazon or something oh, yeah. like that sometime it's, soon. It's awesome. Yeah, but but Francis Francis could could have definitely used a little bit more. But I loved all of the Francis jokes that they that they put in there. Yeah. Like the, the the egging him on worked worked for me. Um, but yeah, very very generic films. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like my biggest pet peeve when it comes to superhero movies is like the fact that ninety percent of them have just god awful villains. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if it's not Loki and it's not like the Joker, uh, it's it's just like every single time it's just like, oh, this guy doesn't have a backstory. Where have I seen that before? All right, every single other you know superhero movie of the past fifteen years. Well, well, so I, I I get very kind of you know that's like a trigger warning for me. It's like oh, 
What, what yeah. you, you mean Iron Man's villain of man in other suit with other technology doesn't work for you? I don't, I don't, I don't. I, yeah, get... like, well, I could, I could probably rant for about three and a half hours about Thor in the Dark World. Oh, God. So, you know, like the. <laughs> I like that movie, but the villain is shit. I mean, that's a, that, oh, they, God, complete, that they completely so underutilized Chris, Christopher Eccleston <laughs> so much in that role. Oh, God, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was the Thor and Loki show. That's that's all it was. Like there happened yeah, to wonder, be a villain. I wonder if he showed up and they were like, "This is gonna be great. We've got all these scenes." And then they're like, "God, he's boring." And they're like, "All right, rewrite <laughs> Loki. You're up." Yeah, you're you're God, not wrong. Boring. Also, he's not speaking in English, so that'll certainly help them out. <laughs> well, Brent, I mean, I, I don't know if I don't know if you read this uh, too, but. I mean, the villain was originally going. They had two ideas for the villains in this. I mean, one was the the doctor uh, that actually you know helped create Deadpool in the comics. Well, you know, basically there would have been a guy on top, you know, higher up than 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 Francis slash Ajax that they would have been dealing with at some point, which you know might have been cool. But Taskmaster That's was going cool to be in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Taskmaster was going to be in this movie until Fox lost the rights to, to Taskmaster, and it and it and it rolled back to Marvel. Oh, was he was he uh, was he like uh, packaged up with like Punisher and all those people? I think he might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I I wonder how Taskmaster would have worked with this because one of my favorite parts of Gail Simone's run on Deadpool was the interaction between Taskmaster and uh, and Deadpool. So, you know, who knows how that could have worked out in, in, in a movie like this. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll, we'll never know because he's That's back true. at Marvel now. <laughs> I still think, you know, like it's I, I probably think that a little less after the ridiculous amounts of money that Deadpool made. Like, I still think that sometime like years and years and years from now, like after the bubble bursts, they're all going to get super desperate and then everybody's going to be in the same movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, yeah. I, I could easily see a reboot of the X Men movies, you know, past this sort of mini reboot that they did now uh, under the Marvel banner sometime in the next, you know, forty years. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, when know. they can finally stop uh, just shoehorning mean humans into everything because they can't call anybody mutants. Exactly. Yeah. By the time I'm seventy, this will all be worked out with Fox, and, <laughs> and they'll be back under Marvel. Yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be the old guy sitting in the theater being like, I remember when. That's still me being like the weird, you know, from from back when I was heavy into the comics and would only read like Marvel cosmic stuff. The the process of watching Guardians of the Galaxy become a movie and then watching the Inhumans become like a major part of Agents of Shield is just the weirdest thing. Yeah, I know. It's like, why are they putting Ronan the Accuser on a movie theater screen? I'm so confused. Okay. Nobody it's cares okay. about that character. It's okay, man. It's Lee Pace. That's all that matters. <laughs> Lee, Lee Pace. Pace is great. Lee Pace is fantastic. Halt and Catch Fire is fantastic. <laughs> At least season two was. Season one was great. Season two was much better. And I hope season three is good as well. Because <laughs> they only have one more to go. We we need to bring this up at some point because now that this R-rated movie has done fantastic, everybody's talking about how now there's going to be more R-rated superhero movies that wind up coming out of the gates, but not everything should be R, and and they're they're gonna have to understand that that they can't just shoehorn a franchise and make it R. Like nobody wants to see an R-rated Fantastic Four, okay? <laughs> like, that, well, I mean, nobody at this point nobody wants to see an anything rated Fantastic Four. Well, exactly. So yeah, you know, but like, if, <laughs> if they were to get the idea in their head, like you know, well, that last one didn't work. Let's try and make them gritty. 
uh, I I don't think that's gonna quite work for them. Like well, you, you need the right character, gritty anyway. please. Grittier, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, like you have to get the right character for an R-rated movie to make it work. Um, who are those characters other than you know Wolverine, which is sort of a well, right yeah, Wolverine's the one that they talked about, yeah. yeah. And they I did feel that. Like Suicide um, Squad should be R, but I know they're not going to yeah. go that far. It's that, already that would be done. nice. That would be nice. Well, do you think they would do a R-rated Harley Quinn movie? Maybe. No, I don't think so. Okay, because I, well, I think they would. I don't know if it would necessarily be good. Okay, that's sort of the other part of this. Like, I don't know if you read that James Gunn article where he's just like, "This is potentially going to turn out poor." Oh yeah. Because they're not I love how I love how James Gunn directs one successful movie, <laughs> and now he's the go-to voice for all geeks or whatever on the internet, and everybody takes everything he has to say so fucking seriously, like it's gospel. <laughs> the, the guy directed one successful film. Yeah. Now I I've seen Slither. I liked it. I've seen Super. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I've seen Gardens of the Galaxy. I really liked it. Yeah. But it's just he's not the. He's not the new Joss Whedon, and I was never a Joss Whedon fan anyway, so it's not doesn't really apply when I say it. But you know what I mean? It's like they're going to him because he's talked out of his mouth so much that it, he's super quotable. And Really, Brent? He talks out of his mouth? Where else would he talk out of? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't it's know. It's a technically descriptive term. <laughs> it just seems like he has so many opinions. You know, when Ant-Man came out, he had to say something about, oh, if you only you would have... Yeah. Read Edgar's vision. I'm mm-hmm. like, shut the hell up! It was a great movie. Yeah. Why? And why is he trying to bring? You know, it's it's just like the Batman v Superman stuff. Nobody's seen the movie yet. Why are you trying to bring it down before it comes out? You know, you can talk about Edgar's vision four years down the road. You know, let's enjoy what we got. Yeah, I want to confirm just, I, here, by the way. Uh, even though the Patreon uh, is isn't quite up yet, uh, either way. I am going to be going to Philly uh, to re- to see it with Brandon. Uh, Brandon and I just got to work out the details and the date and everything, but uh, that yeah, is yeah. going to wind up happening, um, and uh, we will do some recording there, and uh, we'll either release that as an extra point or as part of our full episode as uh, you know, we'll wind up, quote-unquote, back in the studio so that Brent can get his thoughts and maybe some other people, so we'll see how that goes. But that is definitely going to wind up happening. Um, and yes, people should shut the fuck up until the movie actually comes out. I'm sorry. It, like, I, 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 I've done my best to, you know, not rag on shit because of trailers, even though I still think that Doomsday reveal being in there was just a fucking stupid. But for the most part, you cannot tell how a movie is going to be until you see the movie. Okay? Yeah. Because there's, there were, there's, there were there's people a, after that first Fantastic Four trailer came out that said, oh, yeah, well, this actually was kind of good. I didn't. I never said that, but other people trailer. did. I liked it. Yeah. I was one of those people. <laughs> right. And, and then, Steve, remember how like none of that wound up in the movie. <laughs> the best, to be fair, the best shot in that trailer wound up in the movie, which was one of, you know, but right. hey, other than that, all of the other shots were in there too, which is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, a, you know, it's a great example of this. So this is not a comic book thing at all, but mm-hmm. I'll do a quick uh, digression. Last year, there was this movie um, that Meryl Streep was in called Ricky and the Flash. Yes, which I have never in my life seen a trailer give away more than the trailer for Ricky and the Flash, okay. including the final shot of the movie is oh. in the trailer. Oh my god! Um, 
And like it's it, it just basically does plot A through Z every single step. Here's exactly what happens. And the movie is good, but I didn't see it because I was like, oh, I saw this movie. It was two and a half minutes long, and I re- and it ran in front of like whatever comedy I saw, like like Trainwreck or whatever. Um, oh so that is a perfect example of a trailer actually backfiring in that you know it didn't do well at the box office and then i spent a dollar to rent it at redbox i was like oh this is actually pretty good shame we didn't see it in the theater that that would that would be like if uh, the first iron man trailer uh for the first iron man movie ended with i'm here to tell you about the avengers initiative yeah exactly <laughs> you know, like, like all those marvel trailers are just the post-credit stingers from now on yeah like, Benicio del toro in this movie <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Wolverine is definitely an R-rated character that that can make it work. Pat Punisher is now in the Deadpool world, so I'm gonna well, leave him. I'm gonna leave him out of R-rated movies because I don't think he's gonna wind up having a movie anytime soon. We'll have an R-rated Netflix series. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and I'm looking forward to season two. That that trailer looked badass. That, I, that, that yes, was... I'm I'm glad Dev- Daredevil's gonna be in the suit the entire season. Yes. <laughs> 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 and, and, and hopefully they'll wind up tweaking the suit a little bit uh, as as the season goes on. Uh, although it looks like they even already tweaked it a little bit since that first. Yeah, show it, it looks it. a little bit more red. I hope they just bring the more red out or something. Wait, hold on. R- random half to half uh, quote. Give me a suit, and it better damn well be red. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, any any other characters you can think of that would actually? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's like the other kind of Deadpooly characters like Lobo and, and people like that that they could probably do a similar kind of take on. I don't know if anybody would want to see that. You know, they're going to try and make a Lobo movie now, dude. Like that's, Oh yeah, absolutely. That's definitely in the cards. Wasn't the rock attached to Lobo at one point? Well, they're probably mad that they already, uh, that they already, uh, cast Jason Momoa as something else. (laughs) Oh man, we have, I don't know that Jason Momoa can act. I don't think he could carry a Lobo movie. Yeah, but he looks like him. And that's, dude, they should get, uh, Ron, Perlman to be Lobo. No, like seventy. Yes. Ron Perlman. Okay, Ron Perlman from twenty years ago. Yeah, bring it on. No, you know what the problem with that would be, Brent? He'd essentially be just using his whole Hellboy shtick again. Like that's, I, 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 I don't want that, dude. Like, no, I think it's Hellboy to a, like another to a different level. All right, all right. I, I just, I, I think you could do better than that. I mean, like, I trust me, I love Ron Perlman. I just, I just don't Ooh. think that's the right role for him. Um. What's his face? Neil, not Nielsen. Um, ah, take taken guy as Lobo. Oh, uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Liam, Liam Neeson's Liam Neeson's Liam is Neeson. my jam. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm assuming that Lobo is going to spend some amount of this movie in like a retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, you you took my my, my motorcycle. I don't know who you yeah. are, but I will find you. Yeah. I mean, Deadpool already made fun of that, to be fair. Kevin Nash. Liam Neeson just delivering one-liners? Come on. Kevin Nash can't walk. I don't think people should be talking about Kevin Nash being in all these superhero movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that he could if do you've any, seen like, the Magic Mike movies, like, he's in the Magic Mike movies. Yeah, and he's he awful. And for about four seconds total. He can barely dance. Because he can't. He has no knees. Like, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he has, like, two pieces of cartilage left. Yeah, exactly. He's, Dan- he's a wrestler who wrestled in the '90s. He has no knees. It's just kind of how it works. Also, Danny Trejo is uh, is another guy who people have brought <laughs> up, and I think even Danny Trejo, Trejo himself said, "Yeah, man, let's do it." Danny Trejo says he had that to everything he's offered. Yeah, they're not making machete movies anymore, so he needs a paycheck. Machete. 
Uh, any Marvel characters I can think of? Ooh, Sleepwalker. There we go. <laughs> Maybe Raph will get his Darkhawk movie and it'll be rated R. Well, the funny thing is the, the rated R Marvel movies that you think of are the ones that they put on Netflix where they don't have the same kind of, you know, uh, worries about PG-13 versus R. So right. stuff like Daredevil, stuff like Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. and like Alias. They can already do that stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, Jessica Jones is like so rated R; it hurts. Like, I mean, that's yeah. that's that's absolutely the type of movie that you would like to see uh, in, in the theaters. Uh, you know, at least that style. But yeah, you can't go overboard. You cannot take the wrong examples. Even if James Gunn can't always be be turned to as a god or whatever, uh, he, he does make the right point that you have to take the right examples from Deadpool and not just think that any movie is going to work as, as R. It's got to be the right character, the right actors and the right story to make that shit work. Yeah. Period. I mean, that's the case with all of these movies to be fair. Well, yeah, I don't, but like they're not as, as sort of easily, uh, abused as the way an R rated movie can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell you could even do an R rated wonder woman. Depend. I mean, depending that on the would, action. That was making a Wonder Woman movie, which I know is in like production or whatever, but I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's more. I could easily see the sequel for Wonder Woman having more to do with war, and yeah. and that's the type of movie you can definitely do. Uh, start, like a Sergeant Rock movie mm-hmm. could easily be an R-rated movie, like like something that already has battle associated with it is the type of stuff that that's like made for that sort of scenario. So. We'll, we'll we'll see. Uh, what type of stuff do you guys want to see in the next Deadpool movie, perhaps? Uh, other than Cable, which we already know is going to wind up happening. I already said Domino, so that's off the table. But uh, <laughs> any any, any I, w- I want more Bob. I want more Bob. I don't care if you can't call him Bob the Hydra agent. I want more Bob. He is fun. Well, I like the actor they got to play him. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's he seemed he seemed to be Bobbish. <laughs> isn't he a normal like well-known comedy actor though i can't remember his name uh let me look it up like normally he has got a mustache i thought or am i just imagining that guy with a different guy yeah let me I, I'm, I'm gonna look it up right now but, uh, check uh, it out. but yeah Rob. like like any other any other dead like deadpool type stuff you want like what's what sort of i mean obviously they're gonna want to throw in more x-men what x-men do you feel would would work other than the ones that we already mentioned like in a sequel like what, what? What scenarios do you want to see Deadpool in? I wonder if they could do like a headpool, just bring in the Deadpool core uh, in one movie, pool. then just make it uh, absolutely wacky. Dogpool was not involved in this. <laughs> Dogpool, good old Dogpool. <laughs> Lady uh, Deadpool, Deadpool. <laughs> well, actually, that that's that's something you could you could do. Um, I mean, yeah, bring in his wife in in, mm-hmm. in the comics because I mean she's not tied up with Marvel. You could easily bring her in. Well, presumably they would have Marina Backer and do that part. To be fair, because they're still together. Yeah, <laughs> but you know she doesn't have to. I'm just saying. Oh, or yeah. uh, well, actually, I'd like to see Marina Bacharin become copycat. Mm-hmm. You know, considering that is the character that she's playing. I mean, that's who. Vanessa I mean, if it is. gives her an actual dimension, <laughs> I'd be on board. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it would give her more shit to do if she's she's actually able to go on missions with with Wade. As long as she's willing and able to be painted blue, unlike uh, Jennifer Lawrence in the X Men movies nowadays, it seems. Oh God! 
Yeah, yeah, Je- yeah, I'm looking forward to Jennifer Lawrence not being in any more X-Men movies. After yeah, this. Mystique is like, mutant power, proud to be a mutant, blue and proud. And then the Apocalypse trailer is like, white girl, white girl, white girl, white girl. Ooh, Super Bowl spot, blue. <laughs> well, I appreciate, you know, like when you're watching uh, um, Days of Future Past, where it's just like, for some reason, Mystique has to be the main character of this movie because we have Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> it's like, okay. And by, by the way, Bob is played by a career stuntman. Uh, yeah, I was looking at that now. Yeah, his, his name okay. is uh, Rob Hader. Uh, he's done some bit roles here and there, but he's mostly known for his stunt work. Uh, he's he's doing stunt coordination on Lucifer. He uh, was stunt performer on The Flash <laughs> for one episode. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched Lucifer, so I have no idea how it, how good or bad it is. But I, have a I haven't watched it either. I, I think it's just going to be one of those shows that doesn't make it through, and we can go. Oh, Lucifer, we hardly knew ye. Because, <laughs> like, like I, I really didn't hear... I heard good things. Constantine was all right. Yeah. But you're hearing absolutely nothing about Lucifer, is what I'm saying. I remember good being confused bad. that they were still making it once Constantine, like, completely flopped. And I was like, oh, you're still going forward. That's... All right. <laughs> what proved to me that Constantine wasn't a terrible show is when he showed up on Arrow this season... And like made it the best part of Arrow. It was the best thing in Arrow that episode. Yes. And I was like, wow, I guess that show actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> I, it certainly wasn't my favorite out of anything that we were watching or on last season. But I wasn't like, bring it back. But you know, but I wasn't sad it was gone. <laughs> yeah, it's know, funny. Like I've been I've been thing. trying to I've been trying to like get caught up on like Arrow and Flash. And I keep hearing about all of these other characters showing up other places. And I'm like, man, this is starting to feel like homework. Yeah. Like this is, it's almost feeling like the sort of like event fatigue that you got from Marvel in like the mid two thousands where it's like, wait, how many crossovers do I have to read to understand secret invasion? Yeah, it is. I don't think I have to watch Supergirl now. I, I might catch up on Supergirl in time for flash, or I might just watch that episode. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I'm undecided at this point. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, from, from the episodes of Supergirl that I watched, I wasn't thrilled with it. I have heard good things and I'm glad that people were enjoying it. I'm glad that it's doing well. Uh, but I, um, we'll see. It might not be the show for me, but I'm glad that it's a show for other people. Mm-hmm. More than anything else, and just like I mean, like you know, even even pointing it out, dude, you not liking Deadpool proves that yes, it is okay to not like a movie and mm-hmm. still have positive things to say about it. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a, a a corner I'm trying to turn, Brent. I'm yeah. learning my lessons <laughs> from Man of Steel. Just and- just listen to this before you go into Man of Steel, <laughs> and that way, even if you don't like it, which I'm sure won't happen, yeah. you still come back with positive things to I, like about. I it. will do my best to have at least three positive things to say about Batman v Superman, Dawn, uh, you know, Dawn of Justice, uh, until I wind up saying things I don't like, which hopefully won't happen. But hey, you never know. Really. I mean, the one thing that I can say is that I have found in my you know sort of five and a half year career as a semi professional film critic that. It is much more fun to write about movies you don't like than movies you do. Yeah. <laughs> but it is also uh, – and every now and then you just kind of get to let loose and eviscerate something, which like, I remember I did not like uh, Saving Mr. Banks at all. And I tore that one like to shreds, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. But I mean it's, it's also like you, you, you reach this point where you kind of have to realize that you know, there's, there, there is some amount of merit to everything. And that, you know, taking a couple sentences to talk about that merit can sometimes lower your blood pressure a little bit. Right. Make you feel like you actually, that two and a half hours of your life that are gone, 
could have had at least some uh, redeeming characteristics. Like it's 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 a better way to look at life, I think, <laughs> instead of just being like this is the worst thing ever. I hate it. Well, uh, you know what? Since, since since we're getting close to the end of our conversation about the movie itself, uh, I, I did want to at least touch on Liefeld a little bit uh, <laughs> and and his and his comments, you know, in that New York Times article. Uh, oh, where, I didn't even know about this. What do you do? Okay, so uh, there there was an article that came out right before the movie. Uh, wound up hitting theaters where Liefeld was uh, interviewed by a New York Times reporter and according to what Nicieza said afterwards, a lot of it was taken out of context, but I don't believe that. <laughs> I think that Nicieza <laughs> is actually being really nice and, you know, letting Rob be Rob, but essentially... Hey, get some paid, why not? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. But essentially Rob Liefeld went on a little bit of a rant where he said that uh, too much credit is taken by uh, co-creators of characters uh, when when one person winds up creating something, and that uh, in in his words, if if a janitor had been in the room while uh, you know while Deadpool was being created, then he would have gotten credit. Essentially, you know, putting down the amount of work that Fabian has put into the character because when Liefeld created. Deadpool, all he was was a Deathstroke clone who was a little bit of a ninja. Like, he didn't really have a so personality. This is, this is like sort of a, a new version of, of the whole Stanley uh, thing where, yes. like, g- giving him all the credit and, and right. over pretty much everybody he's ever worked with. But yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Liefeld is, is proving that he's another one of those guys, only the reverse. Oh, yeah. I'm reading this article now. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, he is the, he is the reverse. He is the, the artist who is putting down the writers, as opposed to usually it's the writer who puts <laughs> down the artists. Well, if you were to look at the sketch that Rob Liefeld made when Cable was originally created, it says on the sketch, hey guys, uh, I created this character. He's kind of cool. Maybe we should do something with him. <laughs> That's what he put into creating Cable. It is Fabian Nicieza who took the reins on it and was like, oh, hey, we have this dangling plot thread about, you know, Scott Summer's baby. Maybe we should do something about that. Oh, hey, here's this random character from the future where we put Scott Summer's baby. Maybe he should be Nathaniel Summers. Okay, let's make that work. And he wrote the story and Rob Liefeld created him. What? <laughs> like, that's yeah. does not compute in my brain. Rob Liefeld he's an attention hog. That's all he is. And well, it, I mean, think it makes about me how angry long, inside. Think about how long it took for uh, Bill Finger to get his name on these Batman uh, movies now. Yeah, until now. Like, yeah. <laughs> After all these years of Bill Finger creating everything, and yeah. Bob Kane. Fuck Bob Kane. Created by Bob Kane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brent, Brent what, do you, what do you think about this whole, this whole situation? I don't, I, I don't know. Rob you know, is known to have a loud mouth. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, I don't necessarily disagree with him sometimes. It, it's it's all about the argument, you know, who who comes up with the idea first, you know? Mm-hmm. Is the character created first or is the look created? What defines the character? Is it the writing or is it the look? Depends on the character. I feel like for Deadpool, it's probably the look. Now, for all the stuff that Stanley and uh, Ditko and... Um, Oh gosh, no! Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. Did I forgot the name earlier. It's too, hard to tell. <laughs> it is hard. 
it, it would be hard to tell to say, to say definitively who outweighed who in that collaboration. Right. You know what I mean? So based off what was going on, on yeah. yeah. Based well, off what's going on at the, at the time in the 90s though, there's definitely an artist medium at that time. So if Rob Liefeld wants to say he had a little bit more to do with creating Deadpool, that's okay with me cuz historically is probably the trend. But De- Deadpool would not at all have become the phenomenon that he is without guys like Nicieza later on Joe Kelly and so on and so forth who I actually, don't know that Nicieza did anything for Deadpool right away I feel like it was later on script. after Joe Kelly developed him into the, into this thing because Kelly, like Kelly did you, a lot yeah there's just some I got some or like the early Deadpool Kill the Circle or whatever miniseries mm-hmm. Mark Wade wrote that or right. something like that so it might have been the second Deadpool miniseries but he's not the Deadpool we know now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that, you know, Nicieza necessarily made Deadpool Deadpool. He certainly wrote the character. He made wrote the quips. But who probably made him into what he was? I would probably guess uh, uh, Joe Kelly would yeah. have a bigger impact than Nicieza. But Nicieza certainly had a long run on after Joe Kelly. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, you know and, what I mean? And, and yeah, and, and he created, you know, Bob, Bob the Hydra agent, and, and he created... Uh, a lot of the other supporting characters that that wound up in this movie were either Joe Kelly or Nicieza Creations. I just, I just, I, I would like everyone to fucking get along and just have them be co-creators. That's it, you know. Like if you if you wrote and drew a character, obviously it's yours, you know. But if there was a writer involved and you're the artist who created a character. The writer has just as much stake in it as you do. That's the way I feel. I I know it's not always the case, but for the most part, it's kind of damn true. And even Stan has softened on that over the years. You know, like in, in more recent interviews, you do you do see Stan Lee giving a lot more credit to to Jack than he did back in the seventies. You know, like it, it it he he brings up a hell of a lot more now that. A whole lot of those scripts were Jack Kirby's creation, and you know Stan put his stamp on it, changed a few are there, words. Are here there, there. Is, the, is there any current litigation between them and the Kirby family? So because yeah. that might be why that changed. That's that's very possible. Yeah, yeah, that's very possible. I mean, just like litigation just finally ended uh, with DC and the uh, and the Seagulls and Schusters. Like after all, DC years, won. DC did yeah. win. Yes, uh-huh. and and you know what? Honestly, they deserve to win. <laughs> because this was totally just the uh, descendants of Siegel and Schuster trying to bleed him dry. To yeah. Mark Toberoff. Yeah, yeah. So that that this was a this was a case that that they really should have wrapped up a few years ago. <laughs> that was still going on. But I I just I, I just feel like like just don't don't fucking call, like call people a janitor. <laughs> don't 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 say that like you know if, if a janitor had written this then then it would have been just just as popular because that's not fucking true. That's yeah. all that's that's all I can say about it. And yes, Rob Rob, Rob Liefeld is a very loud man who says very loud things. Sometimes he should probably not, because then we get angry. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I'll end it. Uh, what what would you give uh, Deadpool out of five, Brent? A four. Cool. That's that's about where I am too. I think. And Steve, what 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 are you? Uh, you gave it a two, right? I gave it a two. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, that's that's better than a one. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> and, but I don't give out a lot of ones. To right. <laughs> now, uh, are, are you actually looking forward to a sequel? Um, I don't, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, like, I, 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 as I kind of alluded to before, I would probably be looking more forward to something along the lines of X-Force where he's part of a team mm-hmm. than I would be looking forward to a standalone sequel. Okay. Uh, cause I don't think I got enough out of this and sort of the style of the comedy is not my favorite. So I think yeah. when he has more people to bounce off of, I think it would work better. Okay. Um, I'll probably see it because, uh, hopefully by that point I'll be paid to, but, um, <laughs> We're, we're going to have a lot bigger budget for Deadpool 2. I think you are going to see plenty of characters from the bounce off of. That's true. Yeah. yeah like, I, was, I think as long as I get a break from like 100% all all the time Deadpool, oh, yeah. I think certainly work a little bit better for me. We're, we're going to have Cable. We're probably going to have more Bob. We're going to have more Weasel. There's going to be a whole Deadpool brigade running around, but probably not a Deadpool core. Sorry, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see an X-Force movie or a Deadpool 2 movie first? Hmm. I would. I mean, I would. Who do you want on that X Force? I do. You want Deadpool two to be X Force? I. You know, actually, I. I would be okay with them introducing a team of X Force in Deadpool two. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with that. I would like it more to be Cable and Deadpool than an X Force movie. So yeah, maybe if by the end of Deadpool, you wind up with the team, like if you know if you have Domino show up and you have. Uh, you know, freaking Shatterstar and all those other crazy motherfuckers wind up popping in, then I'd be cool with that. Like Agent X or whatever that guy's name is. Agent X would be, a, actually, Agent, yeah. Agent X would be a really interesting addition to this. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, Agent X, uh, actually, even if they do a storyline like that in in a movie, that'd be cool if, uh, you know, Deadpool winds up not exactly knowing who he is and, yeah. you know, then like, oh, hey, he's Agent X. Wait, never mind. No, he's not. That's another thing. <laughs> okay. But, and, and I do think that, you know, if Deadpool 2 is more of a, like, cable Deadpool buddy cop movie, I think that would also be uh, an improvement in my eyes just because, once again, it takes the, the sort of pressure off of you know, one hundred percent Ryan Reynolds all day, all, 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 all the time. Yeah, you so know I what? I would go see one hundred percent Terry Crews's Cable. Oh my god! <laughs> Power. That would be in just a crazy ass buddy cop movie. That'd be interesting, man. That'd be, I'd be interesting. Down for that. Ooh, yeah. actually, actually, and if not that, could you have him play GW Bridge? He's like or a bishop or bishop. Well, they already cast Bishop. Yeah, yeah that guy can't two speak English. Yeah. <laughs> G- I mean, GW Bridge hasn't shown up yet, so they they could easily have him. Isn't Terry Crews, like, too ripped to be GW Bridge? Yeah. Like, would they have to put him in one of those, like, Talking Heads David Byrne suits? Terry Crews is too ripped to be anything, but he's Terry Crews. Yeah, let's, let's also think about that, Steve. He would basically he's a walking talking Liefeld drawing like yeah. you know he's he's <laughs> put some he's, pouches on him and he, has done. And he has feet that's true that's absolutely true <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean but yeah no to, to answer your question Brent definitely I would rather see X-Force for the most part come after the Deadpool movie like have them maybe be by the end of Deadpool with Cable uh, be an X-Force I'd be I'd be down with that you know what I'd be down for up. Is Deadpool making a joke next time about how crappy his feet look, <laughs> or or uh, complaining that he doesn't have enough pouches? <laughs> yeah. He had pouches though. I know, but he needs I more. Definitely noticed them when he like you know. I can't but he didn't use them. He didn't use them very much. 
Like, he should pull out, like, chewing gum, like a little paddleboard with a ping pong ball and elastic. I also want like, his, his his Deadpool belt to actually be a light, like Spider-Man's is, because that's <laughs> still one of the stupidest fucking things that, that Spider-Man has on his, uh, on, uh, on him is whenever he takes out that spider, that Spidey light. <laughs> sometimes you have to read in the dark, Ian. That's true. That's true. Sometimes, sometimes you just don't know where you're going. <laughs> So we're all we're all pretty much wrapped up here. Uh, before we go, because this episode is coming out when it is, uh, th- this will be a couple of days after this news broke. And I know that Brent wants to talk at least a little bit about this rebirth, DC rebirth. Uh, what do you think it's going to be, Brent? And is this a positive? Well, they they announced what the t- all the titles were mm-hmm. um, shortly after I posted those links and stuff like that. Um, so basically, we're getting a justice. Wait, did they say? Did they say? I don't think they announced Justice Society yet, but that's one of the big rumors. And they didn't announce any creative teams, but um, we're gonna get a the Superman book, yeah, a Superwoman book. Oh, by the way, Super do, do, Sons. Do you think the Superman is uh, pre fifty two Superman's new book? I thought they were gonna go with the original Siegel. The rumor, I mean, if you know Superman's history, Superman was originally a villain when Siegel and Schuster thought about him mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he was the super or superman almost like the uberman right kind of thing so it may be a villain book i was excited about blue beetle hoping it's jaime reyes not ted cord although about, i'll take a blue beetle buddy book yeah too yeah because they did have both of them in the uh in the image that was in that video so hopefully that hopefully that's a positive and it looks like right. we're getting legion of superheroes again well, if you looked at the image that closed out Jeff Johns' video, there's a bunch of characters and stuff in there. Like, there looks like there's a Green Arrow character, or female Green Arrow, or female Flash. There's a Supergirl, Superwoman character there. Um, like, all the uh, the silhouettes at the very end, they're there for a split second. You had to freeze frame it to look at it. Shit, I didn't even think about that. You know, I, I was thinking that was either Kid Flash or Wally. That could be Jesse. Could be anybody, yeah. yeah. I was like, is this is this the JSA team? Like a superwoman and a female Flash? And there was also a guy with a helmet on the left, which could be Jay Garrick. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like they're they're pulling back to the legacy stuff, which is what everybody likes, what everybody wants. I, I feel like they're still going to keep the New 52 um, history and stuff like that. That's fine with sort me. Of. I know a lot of people don't. I, I, think, I think they're sort of doing it. I think that they're... They're slowly but surely rewriting their own history here. I think that's that's part of what Rebirth is going to do. I mean, even by reintroducing the JSA, I, I think they're doing their best to have their cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're going to be sort of soft rebooting everything again. Like, that worked out so well with New 52. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, basically sort of reintegrating older concepts and maybe even older histories while still keeping what's what's current yeah and and jeff johns seems to be taking a step back to kind of help shape all these new titles from what i've read today Mm -hmm. um i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing jeff johns is really strong when he's on yeah but he's really kind of mediocre when he's off yeah so i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but he's certainly a very creative guy and this you know Joe Quesada step back. Has he done much for Marvel? It's hard to say because we don't know what he what he's contributed or not contributed. 
But overall, since Joe stepped back as chief creative officer, you can't say that we have not gotten some good Marvel properties in movies, television, and comics, you know. So that's the same role that Jeff Johns has. So hopefully uh, he'll be able to focus more on uh, not keeping everything in line but adding more to stoke the fires of the people that are doing the writing on all these different properties. Well, I'll 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 tell you what. If Batgirl and Birds of Prey is written by Gail Simone with art by Nicholas Scott – I'm back. Well, that's just playing to the playing to the base, though. Yeah, and guess that's what? Like Je- that's I'm like base, Trump going, "I'm going to build a wall." <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, fine. Even if it's even if it's not, I'll, depending on who the creative teams are for these things, I'm going to be intrigued and might want to check out at least the, the first issues of them. Um, I'm not buying them physical. That much I they're know. all two ninety nine. Exactly. That's why I might I be willing to give some of them a shot. On, on online, uh, you, you know, as comicsology copies. However, I say this every freaking time, get off your ass, DC, and make your own version of Marvel Unlimited already so I can just freaking get that. They actually don't have one of those? They do not, Steve. Why? At this, at this it's point... It's so obvious. Yeah, I know. And Marvel, Marvel's doing such a damn good job with this, and they have, they have all the star. I, I know I said this already on, on a previous episode. They have all the Star Wars stuff, all of it, ever mm. on Marvel Unlimited. Think of wow. the back catalog they could put on on DC's version of Unlimited. You know, all those years of comics, all available, plus Wildstorm. I mean, come yeah. on, it's a no brainer. Vertigo, yeah, and and oh, they're yeah, that's true, and and they're and they're just not acting on it, and that's it makes me sad inside. I, I would I would totally wind up signing up for that, and it would probably get me into reading DC Comics more regularly again. And it's not like they're owned by some giant multinational corporation or anything. I know, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, depending on who the creators are on these books, I'm willing to give it a shot. From the looks of it, it's not confirmed yet, but from the looks of it, now that Tom King is a DC exclusive. Which disappoints me because the vision has been fantastic, but at least he's getting twelve issues out of that at Marvel. Um, we're gonna have a bi-weekly Batman book written by Tom King. That could be cool. I liked Grayson. I've liked some of the stuff he's done, so I'm down. Yeah. Um, everything else though is TBD. We have no idea who the creative teams are on this yet, which is exactly how they did New Fifty Two. People forget. You know, we had no idea who anybody w- was writing these books until like almost right before they were solicited. So, no, I think we knew when they first started, though. Not when all they of announced them. and they had when they had cover art and stuff. Yeah, was it was it really? I think they had a, everything. They had a, pretty much everybody lined up. Okay, because I I, had, I have vague recollection of seeing covers and not knowing who the fuck was drawing them. But I no, they had they had covers and they had writers and they had artists. Right. Okay, when they announced it, which is different than this one because. They announced the rebirth issues and when, what is coming out when, uh-huh. but they didn't have writers and artists and covers, which is supposedly coming out WonderCon. Okay, in a week or two, something right. like that. Oh, you know what it was? It was that they had multiple creative teams working on books until they finally told one specific creative team they were no longer working on that book. That's what it was. Right, and yeah. Bleeding Cool says they're doing the same thing here. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So don't read it. Don't believe anything you read until it actually comes out. Fantastic. But yeah, I I, I don't see a negative to this so far. Uh, unless, of course, all the books turn out to be crap. But hopefully they won't. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, that was a quick wrap up there. I think we're pretty much done. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining us, man. It's uh, been a while since we've had a long talk like this outside of <laughs> randomly running into you at PAX. So, uh, yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah. And uh, next next movie that, uh, that you wind up seeing that you want to dissect to pieces on the show. You can come on back. Uh, tell to, you know, every movie I see, I want to dissect the pieces. So <laughs> I think you guys would probably want to take the, take the you know, like if it were up for me right now, I would have spent the last two hours talking about The Witch, which is this horror movie that's coming out. You mean uh, The Vivitch? Yeah, The Vivitch, yeah. But yeah. it is one of the best horror movies I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, oh, it's so good. Um, so if it were up for me, I, w- I would have just talked about that all night. But, <laughs> well, but I mean, it looks like The Village. Yeah, but it's good. <laughs> I hated the village, so that's 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 fine. Uh, Steve, where, where can they where can they find your stuff? Uh, so uh, Twitter is at realgone r e a l g o n e, and my website where I have all of my reviews, including uh, you know reviews of Deadpool, uh, Hail Caesar, and The Witch as well, is alphaprimitive.com. All right, cool. And uh, Casino, you still got a bullets in the in the can, don't you? I do. I do. I don't know if it's ever going to come out. All right. Well, uh, you might just hold it. You know. You know what you could do. Uh, post a YouTube link. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too. <laughs> yes. I might just do that right yeah. now. I mean, <clears throat> or you could, or you could extract the audio from that and just release it as an episode. That's another possibility. Well, I have the audio, but I'll just post a YouTube link. All right, that'll be that's, easier. That's fine. Yeah, people can see your mug. Wind up, wind up doing it that Everybody way. Everybody, go ahead and check the the uh, comic timing Facebook page mm-hmm. in the past week for this YouTube video. There cool. you go. We'll, we'll put it on the main uh, comic timing site too, also at uh, comictiming.net. But uh, but yeah, we'll uh, look forward to that happening. And uh, any future recordings, any other video games you want to chat about sometime soon? Don't know. All right. Cool. Well, po- possibly once we get this Patreon thing launched, we might have uh, some other ideas popping, but we shall see. Uh, and uh, a reminder to everybody out there that, again, that is coming soon. I know it should have launched already, but uh, I got I to gotta put some final touches on it. I don't want to launch it before we're 100% ready. But yeah, there will be a Patreon for the show. Uh, it'll be more than likely at patreon.com slash sci-fi to start off with. And then after that, uh, we'll probably get our own uh, comic timing uh, URL for it, but uh, stay tuned for that. You'll find out about it on the Facebook pe- feed and everything like that. So, uh, more ways to support the show than just listening to it if you are willing and able. And coming in March, there will definitely be a Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice episode, plus some other stuff to be determined. And probably that Star Wars uh, comics. Uh, extra point that I promised with me and my buddy Austin once we get, figure out the details of that and I read a few issues. So, plenty of stuff to come on comic timing in 2016. Sponsored by DCBS System Comic Service at DCBService.com. As usual, like I said, 50% off of Marvel DC hardcovers and trades and 40% off of Marvel DC Dark Horse and Image Single Issues and bundles, bundles, bundles. DCBService.com. Facebook.com slash comic timing is where you can find us. And comic timing at gmail.com is our email address. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network over at comicspodcast.com and the League of Comic Book Podcasts over at comicbooknoise.com slash league. For Brent, for Steve, for the fourth wall that has already been broken, and probably four more times that, which I think is 16 walls. I mean, let me see, reminding everybody out there that there's always time for comics. 
crap was I talking fast. <laughs> <laughs> we are done, gentlemen. You know what's actually funny about that whole 16 walls thing? What? Um, I take notes while I'm watching movies, and uh, right before that scene, I had written down, you know, they're not doing a whole lot of fourth wall breaking, and then that scene happened. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's fourth wall within fourth wall. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, the timing of it was hilarious. Like, in- Inception fourth wall, basically. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs>